Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins podcast. Very special episode for you today. We are doing our mid-season review of the Premier League. Um, no games this weekend, unfortunately. There was FA Cup. So we thought we'll still get an episode out and we will focus on our mid-season sort of review and some of our, our predictions then for the second half of the season and just looking over that first half of the season as a whole. Um, so I think the format, lads, for this one today, I'm just going to run it down. I'm going to start with uh, the top of the table and just work our way down to 20th then. That sounds good, yeah? Yep, no problem. No worries. All right then, lads, we'll, we'll start with the, the league leaders at the minute. Arsenal. Played 19, they've won 16, <coughs> drawn twice and only been beaten once. They've a goal difference of plus 29, sitting on 50 points, sitting pretty, five points clear <coughs> at the top of the Premier League. Or talk me through Arsenal's first half of the of the Premier League campaign. Yeah, it's been phenomenal for them. Um, we've said it week after week, it's good to see one of the biggest clubs in, in England back where they belong, up in the top half of the table, um, fighting for titles. Um, look, they've stuck with Arteta. It's proved to be the best thing for them. Um, so credit to the board of directors at, at Arsenal for doing that there, because there was a, a a lot of points. Let's let's be real. There was a lot of points where Arteta could have walked or been sacked. Um, they've invested in their youth very much, especially last season uh, with the likes of Emil Smith Rowe and that coming through and providing more options for Arsenal, bringing a better dynamic for them going forward um, and this season they're reaping the rewards um, I'd say they've probably the best attack in the league one of the best attacks in Europe at the minute um, with Saka in my opinion one of the best forwards in world football let alone in the Premier League um, Saka on the right Martinelli on the left and when Gabriel Jesus is fit he's back up at the top but even when he's not fit we've got Eddie Nketiah who we were sceptical of to say the least if, if he could replace Gabriel Jesus but he's He's stepping up to the mark now. We can we can clearly see that, and of course, um, their captain Martin Odegaard, proven to be one of the best signings in the modern Premier League era. Yeah. Um, a great. So they've a great attack, and then their defense just complements that as well. Excuse me. Um, their defense just complements that as well. They've got Shaka and Party in behind, providing that that stability for them. To tell you the truth, um, and then obviously, you can't say much about their two centre halves. Gabriel and Saliba have been phenomenal this season, um, and Ben White's doing a great job at right back. Questions on the goalkeeper: Zinchenko hasn't always been in the team for Arsenal as well, so there is definitely areas to strengthen. Um, they've looked lively in the transfer window as well. They've been going after players like Mudrik, didn't work out. Now going after Moises Casado, if they get that, it's going to be a major, major coup for them, especially with the recent injury to Thomas Partey. Um, but definitely a team that we all did not expect to be anywhere near this point at the, at the start of the season. Um, probably didn't even anticipate them getting Champions League football at the start of the season. Um, but they're exceeding our expectations and they don't look like stopping. And they're proving me wrong every every week. I've said, no, look, there's no chance of them winning the league. And I've went, I've hemmed and hawed about whether they, they have the depth to do it. But they're proving me wrong and they're proving a lot of people wrong. And it looks like they could go on and do it. Connor, obviously, you know, that, that that is the question in everybody's mind at the minute. Like, do they have enough to maintain a title charge over the course of the second half of the season? Like, you know, they've taken some, some big scalps already this season, but they still have to play City twice 
which is obviously very, very difficult. So what's your take on it then? Do, can they maintain a title charge then? I, I think so. I think they're just they're in the position now. They've got a lead. They're five points clear with a game in hand. Uh, they've been superb throughout the season. As Owen was saying, they're great at the back. Um, the only I would say the only weakness maybe is an injury or two to their left back. Tierney and Zinchenko have been injured a lot and the goalkeeper. But except for that, they've just been superb all around the pitch. And I do think they do have the best front three in the Premier League they've been superb this season Martinelli Saka and then if Jesus is fit or even Nketiah has been superb since he's come in and then Odegaard who you could argue has been probably the best player in the Premier League this season maybe except Holland because he scored so many goals but he's been superb he's like 8 goals 5 assists he just leads from the front Um, hard worker in the team they remind me a lot of like the Liverpool teams how their work rate is just off the scales and they don't look like they're tiring and it looks like they're just going to... Fo- I know they're still in the Europa League. They're in the FA Cup now. They can just fully focus on the Premier League. And I think if they beat Man City at the Emirates, which I expect them to do, I think they will kick on from there and win the Premier League. And, and win the league, yeah. man. Yeah, they're definitely in the strongest position. Obviously, better to be top than to be in the the, the pack of followers <laughs> as such. Yeah. Um, and they have they've been incredibly impressive this year. They play a, a lovely brand of football. Arteta has some just drilled some of the best attacking patterns I think yeah. I've seen um, in the Premier League this season. Um, and yeah, I would agree with you, Connor. I think, you know, if Arsenal do win the league, Martin Odegaard has to be Premier League Player of the mm, Year. Yep. He's just been absolutely phenomenal um, this <coughs> season. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at a guy that has eight goals, five assists already. Mm-hmm. In, is it 18 games he's played? Yeah, 17 yeah, games. games? 18 games. Like, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. Saka's turned it up as well. And, you know, it's... I love seeing the debates on social media, you know, Saka or Rashford, who, mm-hmm. who who do you want in your team at the minute? Because they're both just elite level forwards and, um, you know, Saka's just really, really kicked on this year and, and um, even at the World Cup, his performances yeah. there put him up on that international stage and now he is a world-renowned player and I'm so glad he's getting that recognition. He's so young as well. So young, so talented, so versatile, can play on the right, can play on the left. Yeah. Very cultured player, and, mm. and he's just his great. Fi- to watch. His finishing this season's been superb too, superb. Yeah. and scored some great goals. But the thing about it as well, like I know United and Arsenal are rivals, but it is good to see a team like Arsenal back Definitely. at yeah. the top yeah. because of a good fan base and um, they play a good brand of football. Yeah. It'll be good to see the rivalry back. United when you and talk Arsenal. about Premier League rivalries yeah. of history. the past yeah. and history, uh, talk about two teams fighting for the title. You're usually talking about Arsenal. And Manchester yeah. United, like in, if you're talking about the Premier League as a whole, yeah. obviously yeah. recently it's been City and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But it's great to have this back. Yeah. Like it's great Hopefully. to have Arsenal back at the top. And bit of a downgrade on a rivalry that one, isn't it? I know. City <laughs> and Liverpool. Well, that's <laughs> not really interesting. No, no, I'm just being really genuine. Mad. Like Man United and Arsenal is a much bigger mm-hmm. Premier fixture than a than Man City and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. No, Definitely. I fully agree. Definitely fully agree. Um, just going on about Saka there I'm pretty sure Saka even came into the Arsenal team in the Europa League as a left back yeah and he did kicked yeah, on he did. proved himself to be versatile and now he's playing on the right wing and he's one of the best right wingers um, in world football I can't picture that by playing left back yeah it's mad but he kind of came in because Pepe was playing so badly That's right. and he just came in he got a chance obviously and he took it and he yeah. took it Arteta yeah. played the young players he took yeah. the risk and at the start, it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. He nearly got sacked. But gotta give credit to Arteta though too. Like, oh yeah, plays such good football too. Oh, I hundred percent. Like I was saying there about the board of directors, but Arteta's doing a great job. Listen, yeah. Pep, Pep Guardiola's influence is stamped all over the Premier yeah. League at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've Ten Hag, Arteta. These are guys that worked directly with mm-hmm. Pep. 
at, at different clubs and you even know, in the championship there's Burnley exactly with Vincent company, with company the you know the, the stamps of Guardiola are all over football mm-hmm. at the minute Pep completely changed the Premier League completely in. completely, completely different game Rev- revolutionised football and now even look at teams like Brentford and teams like that exactly playing mm. football. all playing on the front foot nobody yep. wants to give up the ball anymore mm-hmm. yep. which is the way football should be when you yeah. think about it like it, like we say he's revolutionised football but it's a simple philosophy mm-hmm. yep. get on the ball play in your your opponent's third they, like what are they going to do about it they, mm-hmm. they have to sit and defend so it, it's just it's nice to see those stamps all around the Premier League and look it's the best league in the world for a reason mm-hmm. we have the best level of coaches the best mm-hmm. level of management the best teams the best players yeah. and, and rightly Arsenal are top of the league this yeah. year and, and, they, and they have they've been Definitely. phenomenal but talking about Pep's influence then we'll, we'll move to Man City look they're still <coughs> sitting in second they're on 45 points but they have struggled this year haven't the lads mm, I, I mean yeah, it's it's strange you know everybody thought when they signed Haaland oh, wrap the league up that's an R1 for yeah. City um, but it hasn't proved out to be that way Warren what, what's What's your verdict on Man City then? Look, obviously, we're st- like they've only played 20 games. You know, there's still have 18 more games to play. Mm-hmm. And you know what City's like. They can yeah. put together. They Man- could win all 18. Exactly. What was last year? 16 in a row or something yeah. like yeah. that? Yeah. You know, and, and, and they do have that ability to do that. But yeah. ultimately, Oren, you would have to say disappointing first half of the season for City, wouldn't definitely. you? Definitely. Definitely. Like, City's out of the Carabao Cup as well. And I know Pep Guardiola can come out and say he doesn't care about that. But that's a major cup competition. And Man City's out of it. Um, done well, they're still in the FA Cup. But in terms of strictly the league, yeah, it's it's, it's disappointing. When you think about Holland having 25 league goals already, um, and he's he, obviously doing his job. And 18 appearances. And 18 can you imagine, since the start of the year, Holland will have 25 goals and Man City won't we'll be top. second. Exactly. Yeah, you would never believe it's that. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And but like, it, it's not even just 25 goals, it's 25 Premier League yeah, goals. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not even all it's competitions. Insane. I know. It's absolutely insane. And like we're talking about Pep's influence, but Pep Guardiola also has, like we've all heard the, the term Pep Roulette. Mm-hmm. And yeah. breaking news today, literally just before we came into this podcast studio, Jay Cancelo is going to sign for Bayern Munich on loan with an option to buy, which is crazy. If any of us thought at the start of the year, Jay Cancelo, who is probably the best right back yeah. and best left back in the world yeah. on his day and last season definitely was, if any of us thought that in mid-season he'd be leaving Manchester City, Never believe Not that. a chance. Not a chance. Um, but it shows how much faith he has in that youngster. Uh, is, is it Lewis. Rico or Lewis? Is it, Rico Lewis. Is it I Rico guess, Lewis? Yeah. His name, yeah. Um, shows how much faith he has in him. And he's playing good football. Um, mm. Look, City, City will turn it on. They, they always have a bad run of games, but City's going to turn it on. You can't expect to have another half season with Kevin De Bruyne not performing to his absolute best, with... The likes of LK Gondogan coming back in and getting a bit of game time and influence on that Man City team. The real the real lack of trust I've seen in Pep's squad this season in comparison to other seasons is with his backline. So, especially last year, you you got very fixated on seeing Ruben Diaz, John Stones in the, in the Premier League uh, as, as your two centre-backs for Man City. You're used to that. And that's probably on their day one of the best defences in the world um, now we're seeing John Stones with Akanji we're seeing John Stones with Ake you're seeing Ruben Diaz on the bench you're seeing Americ Laporte on the bench like they've got quality in the defence in the defensive line 
but it's always seems to be a different back four and that's not great uh, you need to have some sort of structure like you see with the likes of Arsenal you could pick the Arsenal team now you could pick the first yeah. 11 because you know who's going to play yeah. you could pick Man United's first team, first 11 because you know who's going to play Man City's because we've got so many players and so many quality quality players you don't really know who their best 11 is. And I think Pep's still trying to figure that out, especially with the new signings such as Akanji. So maybe that's where the little bit of insecurities lay with their squad this season. But look, as we've said, it's Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. They could well turn it on and win all the 18 games and go on and win the, the Premier League. Yeah, very, very true. For me personally, just Orn, just to talk about the point that you just made there. I feel like Pep does tend to overanalyze mm. the opposition sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes he tries to almost sort of psych the opposition out mm-hmm. by playing players in strange positions. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, it does work sometimes. Like I think Ake at left back this year has been <laughs> fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Didn't think Ake could play at left back. Yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. think he could you know, push up the pitch like that. But mm-hmm. he's actually been very, very good this year. Yeah, it's been strange to see Ruben Diaz been left out of the squad so much. Um, again, like he's, he's just going to let Cancelo go. Look, I know Cancelo's had a poor four months, mm-hmm. three months. But it's still Jai Cancelo. Mm-hmm. You know, this is still yeah. one of the best fullbacks in world football. And to just discount him and send him off to a possible Champions League rival mm-hmm. is a bit strange. Weird. You know, it's, it, it you is would have weird. To say, you would have to say with that transfer, they're going to try and put a clause in. That if they do meet each other in the Champions League, that Jack and Cello can't play. Can't play. Yeah, yeah. Have to think that that's yeah, be. yeah, like you would think so, wouldn't yeah. you? Um, yeah, just strange. Strange. City just have, have been strange this season. Like, Cancelo's actually was playing decent up until mm. the World Cup. World Cup. Until the World Cup, yeah. yeah. Like, I've seen like a few, they were doing like that, who's been some of the best players team of this year kind of thing. Season halfway, or not halfway stage, but before the World Cup, and he was in most people's teams. teams yeah. Like, I probably would have put him in too. But sure, he's been in all, all our fantasies for yeah. the majority of the season. Do you I, know what I mean? He, only, he literally only came out of my team last week. Yeah. Like, he's been completely dropped, though. Like, yeah. he is down the back in order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he's not getting in the left back, and then Walker and that boy Lewis are playing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But with City, like, they're just. They're still a good team, like, obviously, but it just seems. I think we said this in a prior podcast. Sometimes they're just a bit lethargic. It's mm-hmm. slow on the ball. They need to get in quicker. It's just like, it must be. Maybe it's just like a. It's just hard to keep it up. You see, in Liverpool this season, they're really struggling. I know City have such a good squad and all, but it must just be hard to keep that energy up. You know, that's that's the way they, they play a bit like Arsenal's high tempo, yeah. quick ball defeat, and obviously like Foden was flying, and then he's been dropped. He's too. been dropped, and he can't get back in. He was Perkis United, but like if you're not getting in and you're in and out of the team, it is difficult. It's it's hard to get that yeah. run of games under your belt. Look, I think the thing about City is, and. You know, looking at them now, you know, from, from that outside perspective, they definitely do have a rebuilding job on their hands, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is a lot of players coming towards the sort of the back end of their career at City now that would probably need to be shipped on. They need, like, a new midfielder, really, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, look, I, don't, I can't foresee Gundogan being there next season, to be honest. I think he'll be away. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't really foresee... Like, take Laporte, for example. Like, Laporte's signed for City, and, and he's never really got a run of games mm-hmm. in the first time. I think for his own career, he would probably need to move on mm-hmm. um, you know like Stones is coming 29 De, Bru- De Bruyne is 32 Walker's a bit older obviously you got this older. by Lewis in, but yeah. they're going to need a new left back probably they got rid of Zinchenko and like he probably would have been playing at the minute yeah. which yeah. is you know, more is obviously Aki's playing okay but Zinchenko's been good for Arsenal so yeah. it's kind of a strange one but you know, Mares is 33 you know like these guys don't get me wrong you know they're, they're still good footballers yeah. and all but like you would maybe need to look about maybe cashing Definitely. in on these players now mm-hmm. 
and trying to get a rebuild done. And again, a bit like Klopp, I don't really see Guardiola sticking about though for another rebuild and I think another if could, revamp. If he could get a Champions League, I think he would have already been away. Yeah. If he could have got the Champions League, but he's just waiting and waiting and waiting. waiting, waiting. But maybe that time is past. Maybe like new teams are going to come through now, like yeah. Arsenal, United. There's going to be rivalries formed there and it's going to be like better competition. Exactly. So you kind of hope that happens because you don't want to see City dominating the league no. really. Like, so. No, you want to see United dominate. <laughs> but they could easily win the 18 in a row because like, they won 16 in a row last year. Liverpool never lost a game either. They won no. every game and they yeah. still... I will. point. definitely not a chance of that happening. No, Moving on to the surprise package in third then. I don't think anybody would have put Newcastle as high up in the Premier League this season. I, I adore predictions at the start of the season. I know obviously we weren't doing the podcast but when we were just talking to each other. I d- uh, Newcastle in the top 10. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Don't think I had them any higher than ninth. Mm. <laughs> you know, this is just one that has completely blown everybody out of the water. Um, but I come to you first, Oren. Mm-hmm. They have slowed down in recent weeks. Mm. So the question I want to ask you is, is it sustainable? Can they stay inside that top four? Yes, in my opinion, they can. Obviously, Spurs are starting to play a wee bit better now. Um, but I, not to talk about Spurs too much before we do end up talking about them, but... I think they're missing out now of Pedro Porro. It mm. looked all sealed and signed, and apparently that's fell through this it's morning. Done. It's off. Um, it's off. Because of sporting, not because of Spurs. Yeah. I think that's going to be a major, major... I think it's going to have a huge impact on the rest of Spurs' season. Yeah. I think if Porro had to come in, Spurs really would have clicked. and they, they could have really pushed for that top four and secured that top four place. Um, But I think that could have a major impact. But Newcastle, look... The, Whenever this big influx of money came in, we were expe- we everybody heard, oh, Mbappe is going to Newcastle, Messi's going to Newcastle, Ronaldo's going to Newcastle. Yeah. All the best players and highest paid players in the world were all linked with Newcastle because of this massive, massive investment. Um, I might be wrong in saying, but I think they're the, the richest club in the world. At least one of them, yeah. anyway. Um, but they've... They've been tame with their investment. Don't get me wrong, they've, they've spent a lot of money, but they've spent it on the right players. Yeah. Like, they spent £15 million on Kieran Trippier, and that's probably been their best signing. They spent £10 million on Nick Pope, who's been absolutely phenomenal this season, has the most yeah. clean sheets that's, in the top five leagues that, in Europe. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That they spent, tw- t- what, £10 million? Yeah, £25 million for both them players. Then your boy Ridiculous. Botman, he was 35. Botman was 35 million. He's 23. 23. He's one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League this year. But and he's been but one of the best centre-backs in Europe yeah. for the last two, two or three years. years yeah. Like that's like 35 million is not a lot of money no, for no, a player of that quality. Like. A They've been really good in their investment. Alexander Isaac, look, he's been hindered with injuries, but he's going he's gonna to be a f- superstar. Four goals and three superstar. appearances. Yeah. And if, right. he, if he can stay fit, that's what they're missing. They need goals. That's... Like this is a player who is what twenty two, and he's already played for Borussia Dortmund, and he's already played for Real Sociedad yeah. at a high high level. And now he's way to the Premier League with a, with a great Newcastle team. He's gonna tear it up, like yeah. Eddie Howe's done his job. He's he's made Miguel Amaron play like he played in the MLS yeah. with Atlant- Atlanta United. Um, Newcastle Re- have just got it right. Revolutionised Joe Linton. Joe Linton playing absolutely phenomenal. Right. And who can forget about Bruno Gomorrah? And Bruno Gomorrah. Like ridiculous. Is ridicu- like absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. You know, and just talking about Gomorrah, Sean, it's really strange, right? Because I was thinking about this in the shower last night. This sounds a bit weird, but. Not really, is it? No, I was just sitting. <laughs> I, I, was oh, listen- no. I was listening to I was you. I was thinking about you in the shower last night. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you think about Bruno in the shower? Man? Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> no, I was listening to music, and I, I, there was all these. I used to. There's a song uh, that was playing on my phone when I was in the shower, and it was one of those like TikTok edit songs. Yeah. But it's just a song I always loved. But it was always two videos of like Lucas Paqueta dancing mm-hmm. after scoring goals, and I always thought to myself like, you know, out of that midfield pair and Leon, I always thought Paqueta, Paqueta was it. was gonna be the one. Mm-hmm. Paqueta was gonna be the guy. And he's disappointed, mm-hmm. and it's been his almost underwhelming mm. understudy at Leon that has been the guy that has been like, "Look, this is my league. Yeah, yeah. I'm the midfield enforcer." Yeah. the The balance within Newcastle's team is is lovely, but these last few weeks are maybe starting to show up a few cracks that we didn't see before, and it, it it's it is a bit worrying. It's just the goals; they need to score more goals. Yeah, They're not creating enough. They need to score goals, but and then they're as, not conceding. Yeah, and, and they've just added Anthony Gordon to the team, so they still need to get him. So they still uh, need. They need to find goals from somewhere. Yeah. still. <laughs> but see, uh, they spent forty five million on a guy who is not good. Three <laughs> deflected goals. But this this does happen though, because like prob- probably Newcastle start of the year teams were like, oh, we can get at them. But then they're realizing this is a good team now. We have to short up at the back. We'll sit back and let them try and attack us yeah. and like this is why they're struggling to score goals they're struggling against low blocks yeah yeah. and and don't get me wrong that is where you need a, a playmaker that's where you need a very sort of a, like an Odegaard a De Bruyne yeah. a, a Bruno Definitely. that's when you need somebody like that to break sides like that down and they just don't have that at yeah. the minute and look listen though, that's not a slight on any of their midfielders long stuff you know <laughs> well I can <laughs> But look, all good players. Yeah. Again, Gimmerich, fantastic midfield enforcer. But Gimmerich's main trait is ball retention. Yeah. Yeah. He's not really. He's the ring general. Exactly. Don't get me wrong, he has the ability to break lines, but he doesn't do it often enough. Yeah. 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 So you can't really class him as a playmaker. Yeah. Uh, you can't even really class him as a deep playing playmaker. But do you either. think they're looking at Anthony Gordon to come and do that? Well, they're paying 45 million <laughs> well do you know what do you know what look I'd be the first pe- person to say that I don't like Anthony Gordon I don't think he's a great footballer and I definitely don't think he's worth 45 million because yeah. I think if he's worth 45 million Anthony Alanga's worth 70 <laughs> <laughs> but Eddie Howe hasn't signed this fella for no reason no he hasn't he's a good track he record knows. Yeah. he's a good track record even like just when we were talking about all them players Connor, you mentioned a, a, a player earlier and I was thinking do you know what Eddie Howe's done an unbelievable job with this fella Don Byrne oh yeah Don Byrne right. was in and out of the team at Brighton, and he signed for for Newcastle for twelve million pound, and he's been probably one of the best left backs when he's six foot seven and is a centre back, uh-huh. and he's probably been one of the best left backs in the league this year. Offers you nothing going forward, but is no. so defensively solid. Sound. But he, he he's good for a corner as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's just he's he's a steady Eddie in the Premier League, and Eddie Howe's got the best out of him. We talked about Miguel Almiron, um, Fabian Shaw was always a good centre back, but he's a goal scoring centre back now, and he's just playing phenomenal Eddie Howe's doing his job and look as we always say with Man United like when we said about Wood Whitehorse we wouldn't have thought we were signing Wood Whitehorse at the start of the year but we trusted our manager because he wanted him Mm -hmm. Eddie Howe I'm sure has that trust from the Newcastle fans and they're probably thinking do you know what if if, if Eddie Howe wanted to spend 45 million on Anthony Gordon and he thinks he's the right man then he's the right man add a James Madison to that side Oh yeah, that is what they're missing. They have a title challenger. They, they, well, I don't know about title challenger, but they comfortably make the top four. Mm-hmm. And their strikers, stay fit. Yeah. Wilson and if w- Wilson and Isaac stay fit. Isaac, yeah. Bit of depth. They would need a bit of depth. But I think it's depth, like came so soon because nobody expected them to be like top four. I think yeah. it, like I would have said, since you seventh or eighth, maybe. Yeah. Europa League, maybe next and then year. The next it's just couple of years. Come out of nowhere, yeah. and it's like we haven't got the squad depth now. We're going to get that in the next few years. 
And then um, shows you how good Eddie Howe is, though. Yeah, class manager. He probably great. has been him and Arteta manager of the manager year. Of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Everton will be kicking themselves for not going for Eddie Howe when they went for Frank Lampard. Yeah, big time. And if Owen was here, Celtic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think he's pretty happy with Big Alan's. Yeah, but uh, I think Everton will be kicking themselves because I don't think Everton will be in the position that they are in now. Did they? I didn't know that. Did they have a chance at him? Did they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They just didn't. No, that that that. The, they approached them. They, they, was, they approached was, Howe and Frank at the same time, oh, and then the board decided that fucking yeah. Fat Frank was the better option. Like. Eddie Howe had agreed to go to Everton, though, <laughs> but Fat he? Frank, or something like that. <laughs> he had agreed to go to Everton. I think Eddie Howe hadn't he? I something? don't know if he had agreed it, but like he had definitely, he definitely been approached. Talks, but yeah. it was it was the board that decided on on, on, on Lampard over Eddie Howe. Which look when you see the resume and you see Chelsea, he didn't succeed. But when you see Chelsea on it. But even Eddie Howe at Bournemouth was very good manager. He was. No, I know he was. He's unlucky to get sacked as back well. Back-to-back promotions, like. Yeah. And but he kept them in the Premier League for a few years. And played yeah. good, they were playing good football, like. To me, know, that's so. much more impressive than uh, missing out on, on playoffs with Derby and being mediocre at Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's why they're complaining about the board, because they're just a disaster. So useless. They can't yeah. make football decisions. But anyway, anyway. We'll you also took the chance, because whenever they got that big investment in, they were talking even about like the likes of Jose Mourinho going. Did Emery reject him? Emery, he was yeah. He Emery did. He rejected him. He, he rejected him. They approached the talent like, as well. Yeah. They, they realistically they could have threw money at any manager in the world, and they probably could have secured them because money talks. Yeah, but they trusted in Eddie Howe. Yeah, and it's smart words. And like, let's be honest. Like when you say Eddie Howe was the new Newcastle manager, I doubt there was many people going. Yeah, that's a proper. Yeah, that's a proper manager there. <laughs> like when he took over, they were like, like bottom of the league. Yeah, yeah, and he's just transformed them since he's come nice. in. Insane. It's just crazy. Literally, this point last season, they're they're sitting second from bottom. I think they had one league. win at this, or maybe they hadn't won a game yet, yeah. eleven games or something like that. So when he took over, so it's incredible. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. All right, then on to fourth. Best team in the league, <laughs> Manchester United. Yep. Look, boys, it, it's definitely been a, it's been a good season thus far. Um, I don't, I, I, I didn't have us down for making the top four this year. Um, to be honest, I thought it was maybe going to take a year to get things right and to implement that style of football. I was wrong, evidently. Um, it, the transition has happened much quicker for Manchester United. Um, this season, or in. You have to have faith in the manager, don't you? He's mm. delivering on all fronts, and you know United are playing some excellent football. Yeah. Um, football that we haven't seen in a very long time. So, viewers, we apologise if we do wax lyrical <laughs> over Man United mm-hmm. a bit. It's just you need to understand the shite and tripe that yeah. we watched for ten years there. Yeah. So to yeah. see actual decent football, I think it's like the first wow. time in a while we've been excited. About the future yeah. of Man United. It's the first time in, in, in a long time I actually like the team. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the players. And I like the manager. And I like the manager. Like, I don't dislike the players. Like, last year I disliked the players. Mm. I actively oh, didn't. Oh, they threw I, in the towel last oh, year. Big time. In the last 10, 12 games. I actively didn't watch Man United last year. I, I avoided Man United like mm-hmm. the plague yeah. last year. And yes, that sounds a bit plastic or whatever. I, I don't really care. her. They just depressed me that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hated watching them. Um, whereas this season completely different story I get so excited now mm-hmm. on a game on a match yeah. day it's I, exciting I just, to go yeah. you're like oh we're playing on Wednesday yeah. excited to watch Happy us mm-hmm. it used Wednesday. to be like a, a ta- like a task sure. to do, like a mm-hmm. chore like it was just horrible so Orn mm-hmm. overall analysis what have you liked about Man United this season and is there anything that still needs to be worked on look you have known me for a long while especially you Richie I'm an optimist 
United could be 19 points behind Man City and I would still think, yeah, we're going to win the league. <laughs> like, that's just the way I am. I'm always going to be optimistic about Man United, even when I shouldn't be, because um, they always let me down. <laughs> but, look, I, I do genuinely, in my heart of hearts, still think there's the slimmest chance we could be fighting for a title this season. Uh, look, no, no, I don't know. Just listen to me, just listen to me. I'm not saying we're going to. I'm not saying we're going to. It would take a big slip up from Arsenal and it would take a major slip up. Well, it would take a major slip up from Arsenal and a big slip up from Man City for us to be anywhere near it. But I do think we'll be up there. Um, we'll definitely not finish fourth. Look, we'll be at the very least third. Third. And, and, and um, good chance at a trophy as well. Yeah. Definitely a good chance of the trophy, which we haven't had realistically in the last few years. Six years, lad. Even though we got the Europa League final under Ali, I did not think we were going to win that. Well, sorry, in the 90 minutes, I thought we should have won it. Better team, 90 minutes. As soon as it went to extra time, I was like, yeah, we've lost. Penalty silver. Whenever we played Middlesbrough last year in the Cup, as soon as we didn't win it in the 90 minutes, I was like, yeah, we've lost. Because I have no faith in them after that. Absolutely no faith in them. Yeah. Um, we got used to, especially under Ali, thinking of a second half team with Man United. Um, I love what Declub, which is what me and Richie affectionately call Ten Hag, uh, I love what he's brought to the club. Um, he loves the club. He does. You can tell in every single interview he does. He says, I came here to win trophies. My favourite quote from any Man United manager ever was said about two weeks ago. He said, I'm here to conquer England, then I'm here to conquer Europe, and then I'm going to be the best team in the world. And that... That turns me on. <laughs> that is true. That turns me on. Look, he set he set the tone right from press conference yeah. one. Yeah. When asked about Klopp and Guardiola, yeah. eras, eras can end. Yeah, eras can always come to an end. We've seen how good he is on the personal side of things. It takes a very very strong manager, especially under Glazer ownership, where they fanboyed Ronaldo and campaigned essentially for him to come back to the club whenever he did return. It takes. A very, very brave man to sack Cristiano Ronaldo, one of our most iconic players ever. Look, the last spell didn't work out as well as everybody had hoped, but he sacked them. He made that ultimate decision to get rid of, let's say, the cancer quote quote on the in the dressing room, and he got rid of it um, because he's all about the team. He's not about one player. It could have been anybody there. It could have been bloody. Pele, if he was still playing, like it could have been him, and he would have been like, "No, you're not good enough for the team environment. You need to go." Um, and I love that because he doesn't have individuals in. Uh, at the start of the season, everybody was saying the likes of Bruno Fernandez couldn't play in the Ten Hag system. Bruno Fernandez is excelling this year. His numbers aren't up there with what he has been doing, but in terms of actual playing football and the chances he's creating and stuff, he's playing absolutely phenomenally. They don't need the numbers. Don't need to be up there. No. Because there's, his performances. There's, but there's other players that can compensate for yeah. that as well. Yeah. Bruno was very heavily relied on a few seasons ago to mm-hmm. be the like the goal getter and the goal creator. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be that anymore because there is quality behind him as mm-hmm. well now. People can say what they want, right? I genuinely mean this. I will die on this sword. Man United have the best midfield in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I stand by that. In terms of that starting that starting midfield three, mm-hmm. United have the best in the Premier League. This season? Yeah. We'll probably say Arsenal. Would they'd you? Be the best. They've, they've been the best this season, 100%. I think Man for Man United have, have, have the best. Mm-hmm. I think this season, though, in the Premier League, Arsenal have had the best midfield. Shaq has been class, Party and Odegaard. I know Bruno... I would, I would take Casemiro, I would take Erickson, and I would take... 
well, I would probably I would obviously take Odegaard over Bruno at, at this current moment in time. But I think overall, I think United do have the best midfield in the Premier League. When you think about a few a few weeks ago, so minus the Arsenal game, apart from the first two games of the season, we've only lost one other game in the Premier League, and it was against Aston Villa. And Bruno was suspended for that game, and we were horrifying that game. Were terrible. Absolutely horrifying, and it shows what Bruno brings to the team. Bruno and Casemiro, in every single game that they've started together, haven't lost a single game in all competitions. Ten Hag's brought that back. He's made Old Trafford. He's well, he's making Old Trafford a fortress again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going into. Carabao Cup semi-final and look people can diss the Carabao Cup the League Cup is still a major cup competition and for United fans having not won a trophy in six years this is a huge opportunity for us and if we win this I'd buzz on we're, we're all guilty of when our rivals are winning oh, yes, yeah. of course we're sitting with one in those four in a row it's, yeah. a, yeah. Mick, it's, it's a, a Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Yes. look ultimately <laughs> it's a Mickey Mouse competition but I don't give a shit I'll take any trophy yeah. at this stage 100% like. but we're going into a semi-final second leg with a 3-0 yeah. deficit already. Going to a home fixture at Old Trafford with 3-0 up. We're already in the final, so to speak. Um, Anton Hags, he's brought that back. Like, yeah. he's, it's been phenomenal and long may it continue. Connor, obviously, you know you, you could talk about a number of Monday United players, really, um, that have been great this season. But, I mean, the, the obvious one to focus in on this year is Rashford. You never really seen this sort of meteoric rise, did you? Especially at twenty five no. years of age. He started the like, year so like he wasn't great at the start of the year, and he's just he's playing so well now. He's just so confident on the ball and yeah. going to players. I do think he has been vital this year, and obviously Casemiro has just completely changed the team because United. We've been saying it for years. Well, I haven't known you for years, but I'm pretty sure you've probably been saying the same thing. We needed a centre defensive midfielder who could yeah. just get the ball back, just sit there in front of the back four and help provide cover. Um, but I do think to see the League Cup as well obviously I've dissed it and if my friends are listening they know I've dissed it for years yeah. but it is a building block if you can get only under Ollie we lost so like a good few finals so if you get a, a final win there like a, a trophy in early and just you know get that winning culture back yeah. you can just it's just going to go just build, build just going to build build build, 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 build. Yeah. but with Ten Hag he showed his authority at the start of the year especially you know with coming out with quotes he's confident they got off to such a poor start but he's changed the team completely. Like even after that four 0 Brentford defeat, he was out in public. He was like, "That's not good enough." Yeah. It's disgraceful. Got them in the next day, and since then it's just been a totally different team. And watching Man United is exciting again. And I don't even think he's reached what he wants, or he's, you know, he's not. I think he wants. He wants to be more on the ball. I, think I don't think he has the players yeah. to do that yet. Yeah. I think he needs. You know, even I've said it before. Like I do rate the hair, and I do rate Wamsaka good players, but they're not good enough on the ball. He wants players that can play with the ball. Um, I do think he will maybe want another midfielder. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a st- he needs a striker. Yeah. And I think next season, definitely title contenders. I think yeah. this season that's over. That's not going to happen. I don't think the squad's deep enough mm-hmm. because of like you're you're seeing it there. We lost Erickson and like the, there's a drop off. Like yeah. You know, you'd be looking at Fred and McTominay, which is worrying to me. If Casemiro got injured or something, I know every team if somebody got injured, but. If Casemiro got injured, that t- that's where I would worry. I do think we'll get top four, but um, I do think we do need would still need another year, maybe. Yeah. And then a good transfer window this summer, and I think we will be title contenders. Title contenders. Which yeah. is, can you imagine saying that after two games this season when we got beat to Brighton and Brentford, no, kicked is. off the pitch? It's mental. So, 
I think good times are going to come back to Man United, which, as you were saying, like after last year, was just disgusting. Like oh. some of them performances, some of the players. Worst, worst season I've, I've, I've seen. Oh, it was just, just threw in the towel, like, that it didn't try. No. And now, you know, they're fighting for the jersey, they're working hard, and there's leaders in the team. Yeah. Like, the new signings have been leaders, Martinez. big time. And Casemiro have just... It's it's the work rate. I can't yeah. get over the difference in work rate. I know. And I know that's what he's known for. He's renowned for intelligent pressing football, not just pressing for pressing sake, but intelligent presses, and, and knowing when to make pressures, but... I just I can't get over the work rate yeah. this year. They they have just been from the Brentford game. Yeah. They, the difference, the difference in, in in running stats and the difference in just overall giving a shit. Yeah, I think they got a shock when he first came in because like against Brentford they didn't run. No, but then they got taught very early on. You need, if you're gonna play my team, you he doesn't run. care who is gonna play. Yeah, like even with Ronaldo there, he just dropped him. He says just you know you do, you you're not run. doing what I want you no. to do. Um, and you're just seeing it with Ajax as well. Look at them at the minute; they're completely in a shambles. In a shambles because that's how good of a manager he is. He is, and I think the next five or ten years he could really transform Man United, especially if we get new owners. It's exciting, man. I do think it's exciting. And usually I wouldn't be as optimistic, but I think this is the first manager we've had since Ferguson that I would be yeah. as optimistic about. I know, I, like I genuinely I love him already. Like, yeah. love him already. He's class, like he is. All right, then, boys. Moving on to fifth. Um, Tottenham Hotspurs. So, bit in and out this season. Performances haven't been great, but look, I mean, they still have 36 points on the board. You know, mm-hmm. they are only three points behind United and Newcastle. Yes, United and Newcastle have, have games have a game in hand, but like maybe it's not as bad as what it as what it appears realistically, or and you know they have good footballers. Mm-hmm. They do have a world-class manager, yep. no matter what way you look mm-hmm, at it. He's mm-hmm. still a world-class manager. But what do they need to do to start getting things right, do you think? I think they need to make a definitive decision whether they're sticking with Antonio Conte in the long term. Because if they are, they need to buy players to suit his system. We all know he's a rigid five at the back. He always has been. Um, he's very much about keeping the ball and, and good defensive football and um, working an attack through defence. Um, so if they are to stay with Antonio Conte, they really need to start making that decision and backing him. Um, obviously, I've already spoke about Pedro Porro, how I think that really could have turned Tottenham's season. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the case in a lot of positions. Um, <laughs> Connor's after whacking his tail on the table there. Um, that really hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, uh, wingbacks, quality wingbacks, I think, that need if they're going to stick with um, Conte. But with the players they've got at the minute, there just seems to be no real togetherness, to tell you the truth. You, like, we've talked about United and City and Arsenal, and we've said we could go and pick the 11, but you can't just pick the 11 for Spurs. You know Kane's going to play, yes, but you can't pick their entire 11. Um, they need two world class centre backs. Um, look, Spurs really do have the quality and really could turn it on, but whether they do or not is is different. Uh, that's just a different story then as to whether they can do that. Connor, uh, look, they've just they're going to miss out on Poro now, um, which which is going to hinder them. And and the one thing I've noticed about Spurs is they do just struggle getting tr- in transition. They struggle to get the yeah. ball from defence to attack. 
um, and they're getting killed in midfield because they only deploy only two, two midfielders. Yeah. Would you say that you know the signings just ultimately haven't worked out thus far? Yeah, I think that signing would have been huge for Tottenham. Obviously, getting it right back in that was a forward threat. Uh, they're definitely missing. Um, I do think with Bending Kerbak and Kuliseski, uh it's going to be huge because they have been two of their better players um, and they've also been injured. And you've got Harry Kane up there and they're only three points outside the top four. And with Newcastle not scoring goals, there's definitely a good opportunity. I had to creep back in there. I think they could, I think they could nick fourth, to be honest. I think they could get top four, but it is going to fully depend on are they going to make a sign-in or two because the back Conte last year and he got them top four. Mm-hmm. They've got to back him again. And the thing about it as well, he... Um, Obviously, my, I think it is Tottenham want him for the future, but he just won't commit, which is a weird thing. But I do think Tottenham, if Keynes keeps firing, he's like 16 goals this year, they can't get top four. Get, get into the top four, yeah. yeah. And moving on then, obviously, from, from fifth to sixth, another surprise package who, <laughs> it's strange to see them still so high up the table, considering that they lost their manager, what, six games, seven games into the season. Um, but have replaced him with somebody who I would argue is almost playing a better brand of football um, and definitely outperforming the guy who has gone to the bigger football club. Mm-hmm. Um, Brighton and Hove Albion, 31 points this season, played 19, have nine wins. Nine wins mm-hmm. from 19 games, that's massive for, for a side like Brighton. It is good going. Oren, what do you like about Brighton? Just a nice little transition from Potter to Deserby, really, isn't it? Mm, no, look, I think it's great seeing Brighton up there. Um, I know Dorman hates the underdogs, like, but <laughs> it's good to see. That was only the World Cup. That's only the World Cup, lad. Now we're back in the Premier League. It's good. Uh, it's good to see a team like Brighton up there. Uh, like they were talking about it yesterday. Obviously, Brighton have had good seasons, getting promoted and stuff, and. Uh, winning the championship on occasion and stuff, but this is the best football that Brighton fans are ever going to see, probably. Well, you never know. Look, there's, their heights is unmatched with their recruitment and everything. Um, like we were talking about that young Swedish fella the other day about that the same. We haven't a clue who he is, but he's going to be going for about hundred million in the next three years. Um, even yesterday's FA Cup win against Liverpool showed me a lot about Brighton, um, because they didn't have Moises Quisero. They didn't have Leandro Trossard, who's away at Arsenal. Like, they didn't have some of their superstars that they've been known for playing their best football this year. But it was the young fella Matoma who won the game against Liverpool that they never really looked like losing as well. I love the faith that Deserbys brought into the squad, especially their youth players, especially the likes of the young Irish fella Evan Ferguson, who's playing out of his skin revelation looks like he could really be a a great talent for years to come in the Premier League Um, but that's it's it's just I I thought whenever it was announced that Potter was away to Chelsea I thought uh, it's unfortunate because this is where Brighton collapses um, this is the team spirit goes out of that dressing room that's it you along with Um, everybody else every other football fan realistically and I'm not going to sit here and say I watched Deserby when he was the manager of what was it, Zenit or Shakhtar? Shakhtar. Uh, Shakhtar and Sassuolo. Yeah, I'm not going to say I watched him because I hadn't a clue who he was um, before he became the Brighton manager. But the transition has just been seamless. Yeah. The squad's probably playing better, as you said, Richie. Um, they've got players coming in off the bench playing unreal. They've got their own players, such as Pascal Gross, playing great football. Um, 
And look, if Casado doesn't go to Arsenal, it would be crucial for Brighton's season, especially if they do want to go far in the FA Cup, which is a real chance for Brighton, to tell you the truth. Yeah, big time. Definitely. Um, big time. It's good to see, because even when we've seen cup ties such as Brighton and Liverpool, like Brighton were the ones who put Arsenal out of the Carabao Cup, mm-hmm. um, and they smashed them. What nice. was it, 4-1 or something, or 3-1 or something? 3-1, I think, or 3-0. 3-0, 3-0, 3-0 was it? Yeah. Whatever it was, they smashed them anyway. Um, they've put Liverpool out and whenever Brighton and Liverpool were put up against each other whenever that draw was made I was thinking I don't see Brighton losing and that's crazy imagine Brighton fans thinking that they can genuinely go into every game thinking they could win that's that's huge for a club like that um, we've seen it with Leicester whenever they won the league so look there's there's no uh, there's no limit to what Brighton can achieve and let's hope it continues for a long, long time because it's good to see a club like that do well. Well, that's it, Orn, and I love how you've said that. You know, apart from the five teams that are above them, Brighton probably look at every other game in the Premier League and go, yeah, we could get three points out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, which is... Especially at home, they could beat anybody. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, cra- it's crazy to think that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that scares me. We still have to go to Brighton. Yeah. That's going to be a tough game. Which is always Four a struggle anyway. Yeah. You know, Shall like, I, I, I'm worried about that, to be yeah. honest. Because yeah. um, they are so well coached and they do play a lovely brand of football and... The recruitment, the recruitment department is so excellent at just getting it right all the time, and it's um, it, there's actually a sign in the Chelsea made in the summer. Um, David Fafana, the striker. Um, the the only reason I think he's going to work out is because Brighton were after him as well. Mm-hmm. And I find if you manage to nick a player off Brighton, that's a player that's a decent player, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's going to turn out to be a decent player. So yeah, look, Brighton have been Brighton have been good to watch, haven't they, Connor? And, and just as you noted there, they've been. Absolutely fantastic at home this season. Yeah, they're they? very hard to beat. They've always been hard to beat at home, but especially this season. I think Arsenal maybe is the only team that's beat them. Yeah, at Brighton. Um, yeah, they've been unbelievable since this new manager's come in. They just—I don't know—it's just like the play even better. It's like the play high tempo game. Uh, and I seen yesterday he was actually disappointed in their performance. Mm. He said they give away the ball too much, and I thought that a bit too. I thought they didn't actually play that well, but still won the game. Still won. Yeah. And you seen that? See the last twenty minutes? There's only one winner there. Mm. You knew it was going to be them, and Matoma's goal was. World class, like Super. just that touch and the finish, unbelievable. Um, Casado would be a big miss for them. Uh, the one without him yesterday, obviously, but he is a big miss. Like even that Arsenal game, they were missing him and McAllister. Yeah, and they still put it up to Arsenal. Your boy Ferguson, he might be injured too. Oh. That Fabinho one was horrendous tackle. I was brutal, brutal tackle. Liverpool. Brutal. The only thing I will say about Liverpool is as well, like yesterday, some of their tackling was shocking. Mm. You know, McAllister got wrecked as well by Robertson, but with Brighton, it's only going to get better, really. And they can sit there and they can say, you have to pay a hundred million for Casado. Like that is what they have that. Well, that's it. Like, and they got rid of Cucurella. That was a great bit of business to get yeah. rid of him. To be honest, big money. He didn't. He was only in the Premier League a year. A year, and he played well against United. That's what I remember. Yeah. When they won four 0 but I don't. That was a good bit of business, and they played great football. And it is good to see them play. Even they played Liverpool a few weeks ago, and they just played them off the park. Oh, completely. Sully March was fantastic. Fantastic, and like he's a player. Under Potter, who didn't score goals, no. and now he is starting to score goals. So, the only way is up for Brighton. And if you're a Brighton fan, you'd be excited and play good football. And even with the recruitment, it's crazy good. So, yeah. if they're getting off a few players in there next season, could be even better. Like, it could be like a Leicester for them a few years. Leicester were oh, challenging top four. You never know. They're going to Newcastle, you never know. If you yeah. get the right recruitment in, you could be. 100%. 100%. No, they are. They're, they're, they've been very, very good to watch this year. And, like, they do. Their, their recruitment department just tends to not miss yeah. um, when it comes to transfers. But Lallana said it. He said, like, they got rid of Trossard, Burns, all them players, and they're still, still top six. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Any odd club, 
Oh, Collapse, be, loser manager, yeah. Dan Burns, Trossard. It'd be a shambles. It'd be a shambles. It'd be a shambles, but they okay. always seem to get it right. Yeah. Uh, another shock then, um, you know, I love this list from 6th, 7th and 8th. Mm-hmm. I love it because in 7th we have Fulham and in 8th then we have Brentford. So we have Brighton, Fulham, Brentford <laughs> above the mid-table shite that is Liverpool and Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy uh, to see them down there in 8th and 10th. Who would have thought that? It's great to see, but oh, it's, it's crazy it's to absolutely see. absolutely fantastic. Um <laughs> So look, we'll talk about Fulham first then, obviously, sitting seventh in the league. Marco Silva, a manager that has really received a lot of criticism over his time in the Premier League. And, and you would probably say rightly so. You know, he was always excellent at uh, getting his attack organised yeah. and playing mm-hmm. some beautiful attacking football, but always really struggled to get a defence organised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely different story. Now we have, a, you would probably say, a more complete Marco Silva, somebody who understands the game a bit better, has that Premier League experience, knows what it takes to sure up and win games. Always helps when you have superstars like Palina and Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. But they have been excellent this year, haven't they, Owen? Super, super. It was great business for them in the summer. Um, obviously, coming up from the championship, you never know what to expect from Fulham. They really are a, a rubber band type of club where they're always up and down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've, they've signed names like Andres Pereira, who we were all very used to, and we didn't think he was great, obviously, because he was being played out of position and stuff like that as well. But he's been a revelation for, for Fulham. He's, he's provided a lot of the assists for uh, Alexander Mitrovic, who, again, has played in the Premier League on a couple of occasions now and has never, ever lived up to the heights that he lives up to in the Championship. No. Um, but he's playing his football now. Um, it, it always helps when you come off a 42 goal championship season yeah, yeah. of course he's like 11 goals in the Premier League this year yeah which he's is playing brilliant really he's playing brilliant but I would say the key well in my opinion I would say the key for Fulham has been the aforementioned Joe Polina and the signing of Bernd Leno uh, yeah. Leno has been phenomenal for Fulham brilliant he's Absolutely the second phenomenal. most saves in the Premier League this season second most saves in the Premier League this season he's, he's been, been superb and he wasn't unbelievable for Arsenal look he'd done his job but he wasn't unbelievable so that was a no risk signing for Fulham because they had Premier League experience I'm pretty sure he's been in and out of the German teams whether he's played or not obviously with the likes of Neuer and Ter Stegen no, he I'm has. pretty sure he's been yeah. in the German no, he teams has. He's, he's, he only cost like 8 million he's, he as well. he's really cheap 8 million he, he came from Bayer Leverkusen to Arsenal look he'd done his job for Arsenal um, was he understudied at Petr Cech for a season no I don't think so no, no. I think he came in and he came in and it was, was him and Spinia or something? Yes. Or yeah. was about? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Something like that, yeah. Um, but look, a fellow with Premier League experience, he's doing his job now. He's guaranteed to be playing week in, week out, which is always good for a goalkeeper when the manager's got faith in them. Yeah. Um, look, the question over Fulham was always going to be the back four. Yeah. Your boy Diop's been so, very good so far. Diop's been good. What do you call Tim Reim. Tim Reim. Playing brilliant. Like, this is a guy two years ago that got ripped mm-hmm. apart in the Premier League. And I, I said it on our first podcast. I said I wasn't just wasn't sure about Fulham because they were still going with Tim Ream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim Ream's been excellent this season. Kenny Tate is playing good in the right, and Robinson uh, Anthony the Robinson's been brilliant in the left. And obviously, it 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 does help when you do have a world class holding midfielder in front of you, and that's what Joe Pelini is absolutely world class. 
how another team didn't snap him up sooner is incredible. And don't take away from his partner, Harrison Reed as well. No, he's Harrison Reed's been playing brilliant as well. The American fellas well. are doing well for... Like 20 million for your boy, Pelinia. Like yeah, oh, ridiculous. Ridiculously ridiculous. ridiculous. Like, I don't know how they've done it, but... It's a player who's in and out, who's always in the Portugal squad. He won the Euros with Portugal. He won the Nations League with Portugal. Yeah. Played a vital role in both competitions. Always performed well in the Champions League and in Europe for and domestically for Sporting Lisbon. Twenty million for a player like that was a no brainer. I can't believe another club didn't go in. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy to think he was allowed to get to twenty seven before somebody mm-hmm. made a move for him. Mm-hmm. Like. But even still, this is his prime. Yeah. Twenty seven years of age, this is his prime. And as a holding midfielder, he's still got like ten years at the top. Um so fair play to follow and long way it continues as well, as you said, sixth, seventh and eight. It's great to see them types of clubs up there. Yeah. And it does just go to show the caliber of manager in the Premier League more than anything, Connor, doesn't yeah. it? That like you know, you, you look at all the top ten sides and you're like, Phew. I know. Well, sorry, you look at the top eight sides top and you go. <laughs> but even with uh, Silva as well, like he was at Everton and he was a disaster. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting to see there Watford. He his teams defensively were shocking. <laughs> he plays he plays good football, but at the back they're very dodgy so yeah. obviously Polina is a big help because he protects that back for and yeah. as you said your boy Reid has really went under the radar too because he has been very good for them mm-hmm. and then you bring in like boys in like William and he's playing really well it's really strange to see yeah. like him in the Premier League again I think he's like 34 or something and he's playing well Mitrovic um, and Pereira I can't believe where that's come out of because when he was at United I did not rate him at all yeah. I didn't see any quality I just wanted to get rid I think they got him cheap as well 10 million 12 like million he went back to Flamengo. Flamengo, and then he's come back and and bald. <laughs> it's just a confidence thing. Like if just if you're playing football regularly, the shows like and the pressure of Man United, obviously as well. But with Fulham, it is good to see and see since that first game because I seen them against Liverpool and they were brilliant. And I was like, there's no way they can keep this up. But they have the whole season. Yeah. I think they played Tottenham the last game. That's the poorest I've seen them all season. To be honest, I thought they were poor, but maybe that'll be a thing. That they'll probably not come top eight. I don't think because they'll maybe run out of steam. Maybe the squad depth isn't there. But yeah. for them, if you said they even stay up this season, any Fulham fan would have snatched your hand off. So yeah. it's, it is good to see new teams in there, especially when they're getting rid of like Liverpool and Chelsea. It's good to see. And for for the budget they have as well, they've completely overachieved. Like they have played boys like up by Reid and as you said, Reid, they were in the championship. Like, yeah. And they've just come up and look like Premier League footballers exactly exactly. no they are they're a very exciting team very dynamic um, I think they're going to need another transfer window mm-hmm. yeah um, I do I think they're, they're, like you said Connor. I absolutely agree with you I think there is a lack of depth there not that there's not not, not, like, not that they don't have decent players on the bench but yeah. it's not the same as the quality that's on yeah. on the starting 11 really um, so I do think they need another transfer window but look, looking at them at the minute they could be a mainstay in the Premier League now for the next yeah, few years. Yeah, if they could stay consistent, stay yeah. in the Premier League, I'm sure they'll take that and then build from there. Exactly, exactly. So they have, they've have they looked very good. Yeah. Recruitment's been good and ultimately I'll, I'll give Marco Silva his props. You know, I didn't expect this from him, but he, he's, it seems as though that experience of coaching other teams has yeah. really helped Fulham out. All right, then lads, moving on to eighth to Brentford. You know, it's really interesting. You know, you've Brighton on 31, Fulham on 31 and then Brentford on 30. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are like they're almost the same team I feel like we're talking about the same team here three know, times know. <laughs> um, you know great manager play a great brand of football um, recruitment's excellent uh, probably overachieving but 
you know, yeah. they are the same team essentially. They all just play in different colours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, again, another top top coach, Orn Thomas Frank. He's shown it over the last few years. The philosophy and the style and his understanding of mm. the game is just unbelievable. Really, mm-hmm. um, I actually think out of these three managers here, Deserbi, Silva, and Frank. I really like Frank. Frank would probably be my favourite out of, out of that, that particular mm-hmm. set of managers. Um, really like that style of football, that aggressive, on the front foot, work hard when you're out of possession mm-hmm. kind of football. Um, look, they have been fantastic once again this year. Um, does help, again, when you have that big focal point up top. Mm-hmm. You know, it does help when you have an Ivan Tony. But, I mean, aside from that, Ben Mee, fantastic. David Raya, fantastic. Uh, uh, Jensen in centre midfield, fantastic. Norgard. Damsgard. Norgard. Norgard. So again, underrated. Is probably just in that bracket below the top CDMs in, in, in world football, but yeah. is absolutely going to get there. Um, and Buemo. fantastic. Even Visa, Visa who yeah. didn't look great last year, has mm. really kicked on this season. Rico Henry. Rico Henry, you know, look, then young guys like Aaron Hickey, Ethan Pinnock, you know, these guys are all good footballers. So what what, what do you make of Brentford then this season? And, and realistically, what, what sort of an aspiration are we looking at for Brentford then? Well, I don't like Thomas Frank myself. Oh, do you? Um, I like his style of football, but I think he comes across too arrogant in press conferences. Oh, right. I, I feel he makes too many excuses. Um so, just on a personal level, I'm not a big fan of him. But I hope he's enjoying the pod. So, Thomas Frank, what about you, lad? Um, no, look, Brentford, they're exceeding their own expectations. If if Brentford could stop the season now and finish 8th, they'd be happy days. Um, everybody expected whenever Brentford came back into the Premier League that they were going to go straight back down. But they showed last season that they were forced to be reckoned with as well. Um Made some crucial signings last year in the form of er, yeah, like Christian Eriksen. Brought his career back. Um, brought him back. Um, <laughs> I just back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, you see, whenever Brentford came back into the Premier League and they had all these Danish players, I genuinely thought they were just like Wolves signing all the Portugal <laughs> players. I genuinely thought that's just what it was. But he was signing good players that he trusted, uh, Thomas Frank. Um, so his transfer philosophy is absolutely spot on. How they managed to keep Tony is, is crazy. Um, look, we could be talking about a very different position table or position in the table for Brentford come the end of the season if this ban for Tony does come in. Um, but look, what what more can you ask of them? Um, this isn't a team that's going to end up in uh, in the Champions League places. It isn't a team that's going to end up in the Europa League. It's not a team. Well, it's a team that could be pushing for the uh, Conference League. We were interrupted there, so we do apologise, folks, if you if you heard the door opening or whatever. Um, but let's hope they do well. Uh, Brentford, they have the capabilities. Um, it's always a game, as a Manchester United fan, that I hate watching, I hate going to. I'm actually going to the match this year, and I'm dreading it. Um, but yeah, fair play to them. Fair play to them, they play great football. And I, as I keep saying about these low-level teams, it's just great to see them up at the top half of the table. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Because like normally, you know, in most Premier League seasons, you maybe get one mm-hmm. that surprises you. Mm-hmm. But the season, it's you know, three or four of them mm-hmm. that are really, really pushing. And like these, these three teams—Brighton, Fulham, and Brentford—Connor—they're not 
traditional big clubs as such. Like, yeah. you know, we look at even some of the, the teams in the bottom half of the table that are probably bigger clubs than these three, but you have to look at these three and say that model of running a football club is working and really is kind of the gold standard, yeah. isn't it? Like, it's just the recruitment has been superb. And like you think about it as well, like Frankie, he had to sell like some of his best players. He sold Ollie Watkins when he was there and he sold um, ben, Rama. ben Rama. Like they had to sell some of their best players, yeah. but they used that money very well. And obviously Ivan Tony has just been the revelation. 13 goals this season. Even with whatever's going on, he has been one of the top strikers in the Premier League. They played great football. The guy Norgard and midfield is he's so underrated. He's great. He's he really was great. injured and he's came back and he, I think it was against City, he was unbelievable. Yeah. He just destroyed them, to be honest. Um, but with Brentford, they play such good football. And with all those teams, it just shows you, like, I think that is where Pep has changed football. Like, a lot of teams used to come up to the Premier League and just sit back and just hope, we'll just hold on, defend. Now these teams are playing better football. They're trying to get on the ball, play through the lines, good football. Um, and it's making the Premier League more exciting. And Ben Mee has been unbelievable where I don't know what, where that's come out of because like he was at uh, Burnley last year and yeah. but then like him and Pope were at Burnley last year and they both signed for Premier League teams and have been standouts yeah. so yeah. it just shows like you don't have to go spend big money on these centre-backs you can just find within the Premier League but Brentford as Warren was saying too is just a nightmare for United anytime I think of Brentford I just think this is going to be a, a tough, tough tough game and they've yeah. beaten like Liverpool this year they beat United 4-0 beat City beat City at City yeah um, again, like they're Big last players. season, they were very good. Last season, they're very good too. So, again, they're just on the up, and it's just going to get better and better. Yeah, they are. They're a great side to watch. Yeah. All right, then moving on to ninth um, is uh, that wee small club from Merseyside, <laughs> Liverpool. Um, Oren, what's gone wrong this year? Because you you have to look at that league position. Twenty nine points on the board. It's a monumental screw-up this mm-hmm. season, isn't it? It is. Uh, out of both domestic cup competitions. Um, soon to be out of the Champions League. Soon to be well, out of the yeah. Champions League, potentially, when they play Real Madrid. Um, look, we've talked about Liverpool a lot over the last few weeks. It's just it's not working for them this season. Uh, we're all delighted to see it. We've all, we're all sitting here with smiles <laughs> on our faces. Um, yeah, it just hasn't went right. Um, for whatever reason... They got rid of Sadio Mane. When, if it was either of Mane and Salah to leave, it should have been Mohamed Salah probably because Mane always provided a lot more than Salah despite not getting as many goals. He done more for the team in my opinion. Um, and they replaced him with with Big Dor Wizzy up front, who I I've been <laughs> quite lenient to since the beginning of the podcast, but. He is shit. Like, <laughs> even yesterday, oh even God. yesterday, came on. He was brutal. Brutal. He's just shit. Brutal. Don't get me wrong. He will come. He will come. Good. No, he, he won't. He will. He will because he will. I was listening. Like this Benfica fan, he was saying the first year when he was a Benfica, he was yeah. atrocious. He see the second season. See once he started scoring the first few goals, he was really yeah. good. He'll come good. This is a fella who we keep saying this one though, but we're gonna look stupid. Oh, I don't care. This was an understudy to one of United's great right wingers, um, in Facundo Palestri at Panerol. Um he was an understudy to Facundo Palestri, so he was learning from the best. I can understand so that one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, look. They, they didn't get it right for this window. They, I, I think also a major thing was that they didn't replace Steve Okarigi. Steve no. Okarigi done brilliant for Liverpool well, no, when they, he was they have, they have replaced him. With? Darwin Nunes. Well, he was a silver replacement. 
No. For me, no, he's getting for the mystery. Or not so. uh, he was a son. Uh, Mane replacement. No. I would say so. No, he's not good enough. No, but the, he was... He was brought in to start. He was brought in to be Sadio Mane's replacement. Wouldn't be 100 billion oh, to yeah, replace Steve like. he, he probably was. Oh, well. You'd all have a Riggy, <laughs> would you? He's not better than a Riggy, that's for no, sure. No, that's, that's yeah. completely understandable as well. But they didn't replace Steve Ockerigi. They needed a sub-striker. And they've sent Gakpo now. And Gakpo hasn't worked out just yet. But again, it could Tough situation. It. Like, it's a tough situation to come yeah. into. Um, but Jesus, he's playing poor. Yeah, he's not playing great. Uh, he's not playing just great. atrocious. But you have to look. Like so this bad. is a player who did tear up the World Cup as well. So he, he's there's definitely talent there. Um, of course there is. Yeah, um, of course there is. It's just their midfield. Oh. Their midfield is abysmal, and oh. this is a midfield who has been one of the best midfields in the past five to seven years. It's just old and decrepit now, yeah, isn't it? Like? Exactly. And you can't relay. I've never ever, and I've, I'll, as you said, I'll, I'll take us to my grave. Never ever thought Jordan Henderson was a good footballer let alone the calibre of footballer to be the captain of one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, so look, long mare there, downfall continue. Yeah. Um, any Liverpool fans? Good day. Yeah, I hope you're enjoying the pod, lot. <laughs> Do you know what it is in all seriousness? And look, they would probably say the same thing, you know, when Man United were dominant, they probably yeah. hated Well, I mean, they did, they did hate they us. Did we're, hate us yeah. we're rivals anyway. But, of course. But obviously, you know, when one of the sides is successful, you know, that particular fan base doesn't shut up. But the problem is, <laughs> do you see some of the shite I've, like you've had to listen to for the last From few Liverpool years? Fans. Like yeah. it's it's just hard to listen to yeah. sometimes. So, listen, Liverpool fans, this is nothing against you personally. I don't give a shit who you support, really. Mm-hmm. I really don't like. But um, it, it's it's nice to see this because for the last <laughs> four years, five years. You have been the uh, best goalkeeper in the world, best right back in the world, best centre back in the world, best left back in the world, best DM in the world, best fucking winger in the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, wh- where's your best players in the world getting you now? Because mm-hmm. you're currently below, you know, you're below Brighton. Arsenal, City, Newcastle, United, Spurs, Brighton, Fulham, and Brentford. Chelsea's hot on your heels as well to snap up that ninth <laughs> position. Like, there's not a chance you're going to get European football this year. There's not a chance that Chelsea's going to get European football this year. You're going to go out to Real Madrid in the, in the Champions League, realistically, because you just aren't good, and Madrid are good. Um, so, you know, normally good teams win football matches. The biggest of Liverpool fans would admit that this is probably their worst, yeah. worst season. Yeah, and look, again, not an attack on you guys, but, you know... In United's period of dominance, they won 13 Premier League titles, two Champions Leagues, numerous FA Cups, numerous... This, That's what I was going to say. What, what what do Liverpool have to show for yeah. the five years They've of success? Criminally under or underachieved. Like, they have the only one, what, FA Cup, Champions League, League Cup and Premier League. FA Cup, Champions League, League Cup. should have been League. winning a lot more. Exactly. And like Jordan Henderson can't even start now for that Liverpool midfield. Mm-hmm. And you're playing by like James Miller. Who's just and Harvey too Elliott. old? Mm-hmm. Harvey Elliott, who we all know, I just think is terrible. He <laughs> scored yesterday, but still don't rate him. Like heard on the podcast, or like he's the most bypassed midfielder mm-hmm. in the Premier League. Yeah, like, he just can't defend, and attacking wise, he's not good enough either. So I Liverpool, was lenient on Harvey Elliott earlier this season. No, I sort of, I sort of yeah. stuck up for him whenever you had to go yeah. at him because I was like, oh, look, he's young, you know, no. give him a break, but. I really don't see anything there with Harvey Elliott and it was because no, I, I know a few Liverpool fans they were like oh he's going to be world class nowhere near it but see, that's not a, even close he won't see, even he won't the even be there shite. he won't even be there in a year or two he'll be away he'll go on loan somewhere Yeah. and then God knows where he'll end up championship maybe that's the type of I see he needs to go back to the championship back to where's he at Blackburn or somewhere now? Blackburn he was yeah. at Blackburn last that's year that's where he needs yeah. to go back to enjoy himself there yeah. 
Like that, that, that is the type of poo poo you have to listen to with Liverpool <laughs> fans. And look, yes, we Man United fans come out with some poo poo too. Yeah, your poo poo's worse than our poo poo. <laughs> They've just had it the last five years. They can just say whatever they want. That's the problem. You can just say this guy's class, and even if he's not even playing that well, you have to just accept, like because you're just like, oh, they're near the top of the league yeah. and all this here. But yeah, but like, who was their main midfield signing in the summer? Fabio Chiarello. Yes. Yeah, and he can't even get on. So it's crazy. It's I do think that we fell as a good footballer. Oh though. yeah, hundred percent. But he's, like he's not going to replace. Mello, are you by? No, was, was that January or is that summer? Arthur oh, Mello Arthur in, Mello. in the summer. Well, yeah, you would probably, oh, probably unbelievable say, signing. You probably say oh, Arthur. <laughs> Arthur it's probably zero was. minutes. <laughs> they're mark. There well. they're, they're marquee midfield signing. It's crazy though. It's crazy. Like and has yeah. he? Has he kept the ball for Liverpool yet? No, not no. yet. And Klopp said they're not making any January signings. So you can just basically write them off of the year. They might come sixth or seventh, seventh. But that's an excuse for him. You know. Look, it's quite clear that ownership, manager, players are not on the same page yeah. right now. No. Total rebuild needed, like. Total rebuild. Like, it's... Total. It's going to take a few years. Total. So it's not just a... Just get a midfielder in. No. That's a total... Like, even, like, some of their centre-backs are playing brutally. And, like, yeah. even... Like, Arnold yesterday. I don't know if you've seen it, but... Start twerking for Matoma? Yeah, basically, like, any time it was one-on-one, he just basically <laughs> was like, give him all the space in the world, yeah. and then he'd go in, and then he'd just get ro- like just walk past. Just see him put the ass out for Matoma. And, and then the, he got took the off, he was shocked. Oh, no, it must have been Joe Gomez then for the, uh, for the goal Joe, at the it end. It was Joe Gomez. He started twerking for Matoma at the end. Arnold got the... He was on the bench That's watching right. that goal, because he was That's brutal. Right. Um, no, look, we have a, a parlay out with, with the big Liverpool fall. And it's, it's out at the minute. Um, it'll be going up on the other socials in the next few days. And it's real insight into Liverpool. And we'll need to get a larger insight into Liverpool, maybe yeah. a full podcast or whatever. Well, I plan for it for, my, for the Team Talk series. I plan on getting a Liverpool fan yeah. in. Because okay. they know better not. To really dissect what's going on here. Because, yeah. look, it's all well and good us sitting here ribbing Liverpool. And yeah. Look, we want the fa- the viewers to know at home, like, it's just a joke. We yeah. are only joking. Yeah. Of course. It's only a bit of, like... It's a bit of bond. They've given yeah. us some stick it's over the years, so it's just And look, I, I can promise you when United start to play shit... You give it back to us. They, they will absolutely get oh, their, yeah. their comeuppance. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a bit of banter, guys. Yeah. But yeah, enjoy 9th. Um, <laughs> <laughs> On the 10th? On the 10th, then. <laughs> Your favourite team, but My favourite team, but Chelsea. <laughs> Oren, I, I can say nothing more than shite. Mm-hmm. Analyze for me. Look, this is a team who, since the summer, has spent over five hundred million. It looks like they're going to be spending six hundred and twenty million because it looks like they are going to get Enzo Fernandez in. After all, it looks like they're just going to pay the release clause. Crazy money. Six hundred million from the summer, and they're sitting in tenth. <laughs> what the fuck? Like it's crazy. <laughs> There isn't much analysis that can be done now that we haven't said over the past few weeks. Um, it just isn't a team that's clicking. Like, not enough for us saying bloody 24 players and they're clicking more than Chelsea are at the minute. Obviously, the league position is different, like, but they didn't spend £600 million. Yeah, I do think some of their signs will come good, but this was a team that very much has spent money for the sake of having money. Um, they're trying to buy success, which... As United fans, we know just doesn't work. Doesn't happen. Doesn't work. Uh, shout out to Paul Drogba, who was signed for ninety million <laughs> and got zero back. <laughs> and got zero back. Big ups, Paul Drogba. Hope you're enjoying the pod, man. Um, yeah, no, Chelsea's just a mid-table club. Yeah, mid-table club. No, they, they haven't got the recruitment right for years. So, yeah. like, they spent ninety million on Kai Havertz, and that 
their best player is a 38 year old like yeah. Thiago Silva Thiago has been Silva. their best he's player he's class he is who, class who, who, to be fair you could probably argue is still the best centre back in yeah, the he's, yeah, he's, he's one of the best in the world yeah, you definitely. know yeah. but in saying that but they've recruited so much in that position yeah like, it's, it's a disaster it's still. not even centre backs as wingers yeah <laughs> why do you need so many wingers I know. there's so many centre backs too and they're just not good enough they're just not good enough like they, have, they still haven't addressed the problem in midfield mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's why they're going for why Fernandes. as football fans is this so obvious to us but to their ownership it's like oh should I sign an all winger <laughs> see they're trying to get Fernandez or whatever I think that's just basically a white flag in the season being like we have no chance of getting him in the summer because we're not going to get any European yeah. football so we're going to get him now yeah. and get him in Play as much as we can and we'll come like ninth this year yeah. and then next year will be our year I dislike that though but that is that is what they're doing. They're, oh, fuck, their strategy, yeah. they're, they're yeah. fucking about with that player's head for a start. They're, they're pissing about with Benfica, which is unfair as well. At this stage of the window, yeah. they can't get a it replacement. It was so stupid. Like, they should have just bought him at the time. Yeah. And, and they would have had him in for them last few games. Like, they could have been big like, games for them. I'm not being funny, but, you know, they're, they're, let's be honest, they're swinging their dick about here, thinking that they are... <laughs> Putting their dick on the table. Oh, well, they are. But, the, but, the, but like they do, they're thinking they're Billy Big Balls. They think yeah. they can try and bully Benfica here. I'm going to tell you something, Chelsea. Benfica's a better club than you are at the minute, so watch yourselves. But it's good for us, too, because they're getting ripped off by They're getting ripped off by teams like Shakhtar. I'll backhand your club. <laughs> but even like their Bod Budrick or whatever, they overpaid for him. Budrick? Or Budrick. <laughs> I just said Budrick. But you saw the news. Boobdrick. I just said Budrick. That was the only one I've made a mistake today, Budrick. I try to say Mudrick, I know, um, but do you think this Caicedo transfer could end up being like Mudrick? Or Mudrick, sorry. Do you think it could be Mudrick. like <laughs> Mudrick's top player, lad. Mudrick's baller. Just got to give him a ch- chance. Like. But you see you see Arsenal put in a £70 million bid for him. Well, if they're going to get Fernando or your boy from... Well, say that doesn't happen. They're not going to sign him. But say that doesn't happen, Norman. Do you think... Would, would, would you be surprised if Arsenal don't get him for £70 million, Brighton stay firm in the ninety million, and Chelsea come in. Oh, ninety million, let's get him. I'd be surprised if Casado even left. To be completely honest, um, Brighton, it's like you said earlier, Connor. Like they can charge whatever they want, mm. and they're yeah. in no urgency to sell. Yeah. they're in no, I, 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 they're in no position to sell. As in, like they don't need to sell them. Realistically, they've already lost Trossard. They've got a good fee for him. So they're probably in no rush. Mm-hmm. They're probably happy enough to hang out till the summer. Yeah. And and just say to Caicedo, no, you're going to finish out the season here until we can get a replacement. See, that's the thing. You know, Maybe if this was two weeks ago, you could look at it and go, yeah, this is more of a realistic prospect yeah. because there's still a chance for Brighton to go and recruit somebody else. Now, with it being so late in the window and there only being, what, two days left? Yeah, today and tomorrow. Today yeah. and tomorrow? Um, no, I don't see it happening. I see Caicedo... Staying at Brighton and Chelsea to remain in the mud to be completely. It would take like a hundred million bid to get him, like. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't think either maybe, of them t- like maybe Arsenal won't do that either. Maybe more. In all seriousness, you know, if if Enzo's they worth hundred, if Enzo's worth hundred and twenty, you know, Brighton could probably charge hundred and twenty for yeah, Caicedo. Could. Because you are getting that Premier League proven player who's on a long contract, so Brighton really do hold all the cures. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no there's no need to sell from Brighton here, so it's gonna take a massive offer. But like that's the thing with the transfer window, Any, anything can happen. So maybe just don't write it off yet. But I would if I was a if I was a betting man, Caicedo stays at, at at Brighton. To be completely honest. All right, moving on then to guess the player, and then we'll do our mid table our mid season team of the season. 
Yes. Or will we leave that for the second episode? Maybe leave that for the second, second one. episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as, as we've kind of just given away, it's going to be a two-parter. We've done the first ten teams, and we're going to do the, the second ten teams in, the, in next week's episode. Um, okay, so moving on to guess the player, who am I? So at the moment, we're on 2, 1, and 0. McCardle isn't here today, so he's still going to be in 0. <laughs> That's on him. Um, so Dorman, you're, you're, you hold the cards at the minute. You're leading at the minute, two. Uh, Connor Richards with one, controversially, according to Dorman. Um, but <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> so, okay, so for the folks at home, if you weren't listening last week, we started this se- segment of the, of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to read out five facts about a player in world football. Um, and you have to guess who it is. You can buzz in at any time. Let us know on our socials if you get it right. Okay, so number one. I'm the first British footballer to make 100 UEFA Champions League appearances. Number two. I have won 19 major trophies over a 20-year career. Number three. I have played alongside Adrian Rabio, Klaas-Jan Huntelaar, Diego Forlan, David Moyes and Steven Gerrard. Number four, I have made 115 international appearances and I was my country's captain. <laughs> I'm bamboozled We're just taking here. Bamboozled. Blanks. Okay, last one. You should be getting them. I'm a six-time Premier League winner with Manchester United and I am considered a legend of the game. What was the first? I'm going to read through, read them through Anybody want to buzz in just before... I have an idea in my head, but I don't want to say it. Okay. Like, it may be completely off. Well, that's well, that's all. You both have to do a guess anyway, but yeah. I'll read through them all five points quickly again. I'm the first British footballer to make 100 UEFA Champions League appearances. I've won 19 major trophies over a 20-year career. I've played alongside Adrian Rabio, Klaas-Jan Huntelaar, Diego Forlan, David Moyes and Steven Gerrard. I've made 115 international appearances and was my country's captain. I'm a six-time Premier League winner with Manchester United and I am considered a legend of the game. Legend of football. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. No, I, it's I, worth a guess. Five. British, British footballer. Four. Oh, I've got Ryan Giggs. Three. No. no. Two. Michael Owen, I don't know. The answer Six. was David Beckham. When did Backs play with Adrian Rabio? At PSG. Was Robbie a weaving player? He, when he played with Seventeen. He played with Gerard at England. Oh, yeah. He played with David Moyes at Preston when he was on loan in 1995. Oh, I see, I see. He I played with Klaas-Jan at SC Milan and he played with Diego Forlan at Manchester United. <sighs> that was tough. That was tough. I thought that was the easiest one. So sorry. <laughs> you, as well, you as well get the next one. Okay, so... The points are remaining the same. Oh, one would have got two that. to Dorman. I would have <laughs> <laughs> two to Dorman and one to Richie. Folks at home, let me know if you got that one. Okay, number one for the second one today. I am a Champions League winner. Are you back? Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> something, something people just don't know about me. Like uh, I have played with Aaron Lennon, Alan Shearer, Emil Haskey, Jerome Boateng, Eddie Howe, and Taiwo Awaniwi. 
I am a three-time Premier League winner. I am currently playing in the Premier League. Oh, this is and the last clue. I have made over 600 Premier League appearances and I have 61 international caps. You go through it again. Okay. Just go with the players that he played with. Yeah, that one's a big one. Well, I'll go through them all again just for yeah. the folks at home. I'm a Champions League winner. I've played with Aaron Lennon, Alan Shearer, Emil Heskey, Jerome Boateng, Eddie Howe, and Taiwo Iwaniwi. The Nottingham Forest striker. I'm a three-time Premier League winner. I'm currently playing in the Premier League, and I have made over 600 Premier League appearances and 61 international appearances. Ten seconds starts now. We're blanking here again. Five seconds. Time's up. Connor, what's your guess? Richie. No idea. No, I'm not no even, guess? Not even guess. Dorman? I don't even know. The answer is James Milner. I would never have got that. So neither, this, neither would I. There's not even like, a, oh, I, I could have got that. No. James Milner played with Aaron Lennon at Leeds. He played with Alan Shearer at Newcastle. Emil Heskey at Aston Villa. Taiwo Awaniwi at Liverpool. Played with Jerome Boateng at Manchester City. And Eddie Howe when he was on loan at Swindon. So the thing that put me off was the three times Premier League winner. But obviously one them at City. Two with City and one at Liverpool. I never got that. Um, okay, last one. <laughs> Still going to be 2-1. <laughs> um, you might need to make these just a bit more easier. I know, lad. You're going to be so stupid. You're, you're, coming out, you're coming out with players' names here that are so far apart from exactly. one another. Like, That's how it's meant to throw you off. It's not meant to be easy. Is this the hardest one? Um, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you said the first one was easiest. I didn't get it. The so. first one probably was easiest. I thought um, you would have got it when I said 16 Premier League winner in Manchester United, to tell you the truth. Uh, okay, number one. I have played with Cristiano Ronaldo, Patrick Clavert, Deco, Marco Arnautovic, Patrick Vieira, and Anderson. Man United legend. I have won seven domestic league trophies. I am a Champions League winner with Inter Milan. That should narrow it down a lot. I have 274 goal contributions in 672 appearances. I might as well go for it. And I have played... Buzz Atto. No. Uh, I'm going to finish that fourth point. I have 274 goal contributions in 672 appearances. And I have played in England, Spain, Dubai, Italy, Portugal and Turkey. Number five for the last clue. I won the Euros in 2016 with my country. I can't even remember who won Euro 2016. I think I know it now. I think I know it now. Portugal, and it's a Man United legend. No, no, no. Anderson was a Man United legend. Oh, well then. Portugal and played for Inter. Sorry, it was the Champions League when I went He won the Champions League with Inter. In 2010. Yeah, and won the Euros with Portugal in 2016. I don't know what the... Charisma? Yeah, Eduardo Charisma. I wouldn't have got that anyway, so... Or Ricardo Charisma, yeah. 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 Ricardo Christmas. So it was 2-2 two, two going into next that week. That was tough. That was yeah, rough. That uh, was, was, was difficult. Yeah. Well, folks at home, let me know if you've got them. Uh, I know a couple of people will have got them, especially true Man United fans. <laughs> no, we're joking. 
yeah, no, look, they're not meant to be easy. I'm not going to make them easy. Um, maybe we'll make it a wee bit Why easier that for for you too. Uh, as you said, Owen would have got all three of them. Yeah. It's Story just it's it's the generations of players. Yeah. They're like they're so far apart. From and it, well, one that's another. what it is. It, like that's to throw you off. Yeah. Because if I said if I had to said for the David Beckham one. He was in the class in 82, he yeah, played with Beckham, yeah. you know what I mean, you sort of got straight away. Like, I, 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 I didn't even know Taiwo Awanewi played for Liverpool, like, yeah. I, I didn't know that he, at all. He played for Liverpool before he went to Union Berlin, and then he went right. from Union Berlin to, to Forest. Uh, to Forest yeah. Right, right, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he didn't was a youngster at Liverpool, and then obviously Adrian Robbins, Robbio was still a youngster at... PSG. Again, I and didn't even think Rabio didn't think Rabio was still playing football at that yeah. stage, you know. And I forgot that Huntelaar played for Milan. For Milan, yeah. Well, so did I until you I know. Up, I didn't even know Huntelaar played for Milan. Oh, no, they were they were tough, like they were tough. Yeah, definitely tough. All right, well, that's going to do it for part one of our mid-season review. So for uh, part two that will be coming as well, we're going to look at the, the the next ten teams in the Premier League, and we are going to be doing our. Um, midway point team of the season yeah. and talking through our choices there really um, hopefully we have a one back for that one um, also um, if you're listening to this episode um, check out our first episode of Team Talk which is up on, on the bottom bottom bins YouTube and all of the platforms as well um, I sat down and chatted to my brother Oshin, um about Tottenham Hotspurs and we're going to try and get a few guests on um, mm-hmm. over the next few weeks to yeah. talk about clubs that we don't get to delve deeply into mm-hmm. here on the bottom bins because we are all Man United fans mm-hmm. so and we do watch the Premier League every week. We try to watch as many games as we want, but we don't know the ins and outs and the depths of, the club, of, yeah, of yeah. a football of, club of, apart from Manchester ex- Exactly, exactly. So, so it'd be good to listen. I haven't even heard the episode with Oshin, so I'm looking invite. forward to listening to it myself. I have to, I'm going to be honest, boys, it's a, it's a good episode. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm it's looking forward to hearing because yeah. I like to hear about other clubs. Um, Obviously, we've works in, in the way for the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal, City, Bournemouth, yeah. some of the lower league teams and all as well. So let's hope we get one Let's hope we get a fan for every team in the Premier League. Well, that's what we're hoping. That's mm-hmm. what we're hoping. I, I, I've already got a Bournemouth fan mm-hmm. organised. I have a Leeds fan organised. Brighton. I have... Liverpool. I, well, I still need to get Liverpool and Brighton organised. I have Everton organised. Um, so I have a good few clubs organised mm-hmm. anyway, ready to go. Um, they, they'll, they'll just be recorded over the next few weeks. But mm-hmm. listen, once again, thank you so much for all the support. Please follow us on all our social media handles. It's at Bottom Bins at bottom bins pod on everything that's twitter instagram and now tiktok keep an eye on the tiktok some funny content gonna be going up there in the next couple of weeks um like i said just thanks so much for all the support we do really really appreciate appreciate all the listeners and 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 some of the lovely feedback that mm. we've received over, over the last few weeks it, it has been really really nice again parlay sports app as well check out our parlay content that's going to be going up on tiktok and on instagram as well for those who don't have the app but we do strongly encourage that you go and download that Parlay Sports app it's future. now. It is. Future of football conversation. Yeah. And yeah. We're we fully believe that. We're, we're, we're definitely backing it to succeed. So keep an eye out for part two. And as always, keep the bottom bins. Keep the bottom keep bins. Bottom bins.